Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Wednesday, September 9th edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Merton, and I'll be taking you guys through the latest in the world of mixed martial arts. I actually have a really good show for you guys today. I'll be recapping last night's Dana White's Contender Series, as well as previewing both of Bellator's cards this weekend. And there's a lot of uh, fight announcements to get to. Nick Diaz potentially could return, so I'll talk about that. And Kamzat Chemaev, the UFC plans on having him fight two fights at once, basically. So I'll talk about that as well. And I'll take any reader questions that are sent in as well. So should be a good show today, guys. Appreciate you joining me today on Wednesday morning. Okay, so I'm going to start with Contender Series. Uh, last night's Contender Series, uh, 32. Holy smokes. I mean, to me, this was probably one of the best episodes of Contender Series ever. Uh, I would say certainly the best this season that I can remember. This season's been really good. These fights are awesome. Like, Tuesday night, to have, like, four or five fights, it's great. It's it's awesome. I love it. Uh, Contender Series is, I think, one of the best ideas the UFC's come up with in, in a long time. Very, uh, very genius idea to have this every Tuesday night. I love it. Um, unfortunately, there's only one more uh, next week, and then they have a two-month break until November. They'll be back for some work in their series. But I've enjoyed the first uh, six season, six episodes of uh, this season, and we have one more episode next week, like I said. So we'll talk about this uh, season, this episode from this season right now. Um, man, what a card, guys. Seriously. I'm going to start with uh, – you know what? I'll just, I'll actually go from the, uh, the bottom up this time because I, I want to really get into all these fights. This was an awesome, awesome card. If you missed it, go back and watch it. It was ridiculous. So first fight of the night, and this guy's name is really tough to pronounce, but Alias Kabab, uh, Alias Gab Kizriev defeats Henrik Shigamoto via first round submission. And this is the guy we were talking about. He's a, is a real stud prospect coming off a knockout win over Rusmar Paul Harris. Comes in here as a big favorite and does what uh, everyone expected him to do. They call this guy the Black Wolf. This guy is impressive, man. Six uh, years of experience now. He's been fighting in M1, fighting in fight nights. Two-year layoff comes in here in the UFC uh, contender series, basically. It's almost UFC. And then just, just destroys Shigamoto, takes him out in less than a minute. Uh, gets a contract afterwards. No-brainer signing. This guy is going to be a real nice addition, I think, to the UFC middleweight division. Uh, man, like these guys coming from Russia, some of these guys are so good. Uh, this guy looks like a really well-rounded fighter. I will say Shigamoto did land some nice strikes early in the fight. Uh, I'd kind of be curious to see him maybe fight again in contender series later on because we didn't get a chance to really see the fight go too long. Um, but that speaks volumes to what Kizriev did, just taking him down and getting the submission really quick. I was very impressed by this guy's performance. For sure he gets signed. You know, he's not a huge middleweight. He's listed at five foot nine, but you know, maybe he can cut down to welterweight at some point, but definitely an impressive performance here to get a UFC contract. Next up in a Bantamweight boat, we had a rare finish at Bantamweight as Draco Rodriguez defeats Mana Martinez. First round triangle choke. This thing was in tight. This guy, Martinez, went to sleep. A nasty submission for Draco Rod Rodriguez. He moves to 7-1 in his career. Only 24 years old. Definitely an interesting prospect. A uh, guy with a lot of experience in King of the Cage over the last few years. Again, you know, this is a guy with a lot of amateur fights. A lot of these guys are contenders here. You look at their pro records, they don't have that many fights, but you look at their amateur records, they have like 10, 20 fights. This guy had 12 fights as an amateur and won all 12 of them before he turned pro. And since then, he's gone six and one. To be honest, I think guys, some of these guys are fighting too many amateur fights. I don't think they get paid for amateur fights uh, and they don't go under pro records. So I understand they want to get some experience and that makes sense, but I think some of these guys should start turning pro a little bit sooner, to be honest with you. So, you know, this guy is definitely impressive. Uh, like I said, seven and one now in his career, and he gets signed to the UFC as well. I, th I think he's a very interesting addition to the Bayway division. 
He took no damage in this fight. He even said he wants to get back in there quick. So I think him and Kizriev with the two first round uh, finishes, they'll probably get back in there quickly. Next up, in a middleweight bout, Phil Hawes defeats Kazimura at Bestaya via first round knockout. And wow, I mean, this was a nice knockout. I will say this, Bestaev, oh my God. You talk about bad striking defense. They call it like tall, the tall man defense, like guys like James Vick and Stefan Struve. They just stand tall, keep their chin up. This guy is even worse than those guys. I mean, he didn't defend his chin at all. He had his hands right by his waist. So to me, I mean, this guy, he needs a lot of work for his defense. It was I was surprised that a pro fighter that has a 10 and – well, he had a 9-3 record going into the fight. But I'm surprised that a guy was able to win nine fights with that kind of striking defense. His hands were literally at his waist. He didn't even attempt to, to block his chin. So – no surprise, Hawks got the knockout. As soon as I saw the fight playing out, I was like, well, this guy's getting KO'd quick. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, th this guy, Bestaev, he's definitely interesting because he's six foot six at middleweight. So, I mean, he's a tall dude. That's definitely intriguing going forward. But he needs a new coach, I think. And and definitely a guy with like physically the skills and 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 the potential because he's six foot six and 185. But that striking defense is terrible. And Phil Haas took advantage of it. You know, full credit to Phil Haas. Gets the knockout here, a really nice knockout. Gets his contract with the UFC. A guy who's had a few chances to make it to the UFC hasn't got in. Finally gets in. I'm not really sure how well he's going to do. I mean, we've seen him lose a couple times in WSOF on Ultimate Fighter in Contender Series previously. He is on a four-fight win streak. Maybe he's turned things around. He's looked a little bit better lately, a little bit more sharper since his uh, layoff after the Marquez loss in 2017. So, you know, maybe this is a guy who kind of went back to the drawing board and was like, okay, I have to make these changes in my game. So he's definitely been impressive lately. I'm excited to see him in the UFC as well. I'm pretty sure he'll get a fight in the next couple uh, couple of weeks or something, maybe a fight island, just because he didn't take much damage in this fight either. Next up, then, this fight, wow, what a fight. I mean, i got to be honest. Like, It's hard to expect a lot from two guys with a 4-0 record. And Cameron Church and Sherrard Blackledge went in there and, to me, put on fight of the night. This fight was this was an amazing fight. I, I love this fight. First two rounds were incredible. Third round, yeah, they were both pretty tired. I mean, it, it's tough, man. They were – the volume and the output in this fight was incredible to watch. Two guys that only have four fights. Like, you know, I sit here and I'm looking at the card and I'm like, okay, you know, some of these guys like Phil Hawes and, and, and Kizriev, guys like that that, you know, they've got some really big wins in, in the resume and, and big fight experience. Like, these are guys that, you know, I, I've heard about and stuff, but I'd never heard of these guys like Black Legend Church. And I wasn't sure what to expect. And you look at guys with four fights and you wonder why are they here so quick. I can see why now. I mean, this fight was incredible. I love this fight. Blackledge wins the decision, but Church, he has got nothing to hang his head about. I mean, he was in that fight. Ultimately, Blackledge's cardio, his pace, and his uh, wrestling was the difference. That's why he won the fight. But Church, he did a lot in the feet in this fight. He has definitely some nice striking. And Dana White said afterwards that they'll invite Church back for uh, potentially, he said, a short-notice UFC fight, which I thought was interesting because they signed Blackledge to a development, uh, not to a developmental deal, but they'll give him another fight in contender series. So essentially the same thing, but he didn't get a UFC contract. I think it was just because Dana didn't want to give away five contracts. I think you could have given this guy a contract. I really do. I know he's only got five fights. I was very impressed by this guy's performance, man. I, I, I thought he looked good. I thought Church looked good. I'm high on both these guys, man. I, I'm excited to see them uh, in their next fights. And... You know, hopefully Blackledge wins that fight in contender series in November and he gets in the UFC. I think he definitely belongs. I think Church belongs too, quite frankly. So, you know, great fight. Love this matchup. I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, wow, these guys are, you know what? They, it's crazy. Like a guy, some of these guys, they just started fighting pro like one or two years ago and they've already made it this far. It's incredible the level of athlete that is entering the sport now. So these guys are impressive. Finally, made it up the evening. 
Holy smokes. This was my face when I saw a knockout. That was literally my face, guys. I was like, oh my God. I, I couldn't believe the knockout here. It was incredible. Tafan Nachukwi defeats Al Nataevo. Second round head kick knockout. And, and again, I was just like, like I couldn't believe the knockout. It was amazing. I, I knew this guy, Nachukwi, was a good prospect. And I expected him to knock this guy out, but I didn't think I'd be this impressive. I mean, this was incredible. He's only got four fights, but Dana White signed him, and obviously you have to sign him. No brainer. I mean, this guy, this guy could be a star. I think I really do. I mean, I only I know he only has five, four fights, guys, and he, he just beat a guy. He's not that great. I get that, but you have to start, you know, looking forward. And, and some of these guys will emerge as stars. It's really natural, I think, to compare him to Francis Ngannou. They're both from Cameroon, both just like incredible athletes. This guy is a destroyer. I mean, this head kick was vicious. He's only 25 years old. He's already 4-0. He just turned pro last year. It's insane how good this guy is already. It's crazy. So, Nichukwi, man, I can't wait to see him fight again. I'm really excited. I think they'll probably turn around pretty quick, too. So, he'll either fight on Fight Island or he'll fight in Vegas in, uh, whenever they get back in November. So, you know, this guy is impressive. And I'm excited to see him compete again. He is an excellent fighter and only 25 years old. And, you know, Matt Tiavo actually was pretty tough. And he, he did a little bit in the first round. But eventually got caught. I wouldn't mind seeing him back eventually either. I think he ran into a real buzzsaw here in the Chukwu. So overall, man, hats off to the fighters on this one. You know, hopefully the UFC gave these guys some bonuses under the table or something because these guys put on hell of a fights, man. Incredible card. Seriously, I, I just love the contenders here this year. It's been so good. I'll take a question from Andre. Hey, Andre, how's it going, man? Prediction for Colby versus T Wood. Well, I'm doing that fight next week with Cole, so I don't want to give away too much. But the odds obviously have Colby listed as a big favorite. I think that's pretty accurate. Having said that, I mean, T-Wood's training with Masvidal. He looked good in his uh, training camp videos, and he promised to let his hands go. He said, I will let my hands go. I promise you, fans, I'll let my hands go. That's been his problem the last two fights. It's just been really gun-shy. It's been weird to watch. I mean, Woodley, he's a guy that's always kind of been, like, low up-put at times, but he usually does throw, like, one, one or two of those big strikes, and a lot of times it lands, like the Lawler fight and stuff like that. So it's been kind of bizarre to watch him kind of just – just not do anything. It's a diminished version of himself, but I think he could go back to the drawing board here and start just to be a little bit more aggressive and obviously doesn't like Colby. So he even said he wants to punch him in the nuts, which I thought was hilarious. He's like, I'll take a point deduction. I just want to punch the guy in the nuts. I thought that was so funny. So I'm looking forward to that fight next week. I think the odds are a little bit too high in Colby's favor. I think people are writing off Woodley a little bit too much. And that's coming for a guy who's picked against Woodley's last two fights to Burns and Usman where he was favored. And I picked the dogs in those fights. You also have a question about Kamzad, Andre. I'm going to get to that a little bit later because I do want to talk about that pretty much in depth. But I want to get to Bellator. Um, you know, Bellator, definitely, there's a lot to talk about here because there's two cards. So let's go through Bellator 245 first and then Bellator 246. There's only a few odds out for Bellator 246, unfortunately. But Bellator 245, it does have uh, quite a bit of odds. So Friday night, Bellator 245, that's the Davis Machida rematch card. And then Bellator 246 is Saturday. That's the mix Archuleta card. So let's start with Bellator 245. This is on Friday. And again, we have odds for, I think, almost all the fights on the card, which is nice to see. So I'll start with the bottom work right up. Um, this is according to Topology, once again. According to them, Leslie Smith will be opening the card against Amanda Bell in a featherweight bout. And right now we have Smith minus 270, Bell plus 230. Definitely uh, could be a fun fight. I mean, two girls that tend to want to stand and strike, I believe. So I do think you'll probably see this fight stay uh, staying taking place mostly on the feet. Both girls just looking to stand and bang here and putting on a good show, I think, for the fans. It could go to the ground potentially as well. Um, 
you know, Leslie Smith's been around a long time. She's got a lot of experience. She's fought a lot of really good fighters. I, I like Leslie Smith a lot. I mean, she's definitely a veteran of the women's divisions. And, you know, she's someone who's very outspoken for fighters' rights and stuff. So I have a lot of respect for Leslie Smith. She has some good wins in her career, too, like Raquel Pennington, um, Jennifer Maya. I mean, Irene Aldana. She has really good wins, guys. So, you know, Leslie Smith is a stud. And she should be in the UFC right now. Um, but she was obviously very outspoken. They released her. She's in Bellator. Team's happier there. And uh, coming into this fight, she's coming off a loss to Arlene Blenkow, which was a little bit surprising, but Blenkow's a little underrated. Before that, though, I'd won three straight fights, including a knockout win over Amanda Limos, who looks like a great prospect in the UFC. And again, she beat Arena Aldana, which is a huge win. So on paper, I mean, Smith has got multiple top 10 wins. So you know, she's a little bit underrated, in my opinion. She's a big favorite here. I think that's because Bell has so many losses. But Bell also is pretty experienced. She has, I, I wouldn't say great wins but she has a couple notable wins Marina Shafir that was her big win back in the day that's been six years since then though so you know since then she's been in Invictus she's been in Bellator she's fought Megan Anderson she lost um she lost to Blenkow as well she is coming off a win though over Janae Harden which was nice to see um Bell is a lot younger than Smith too she's 32 Smith's 38 so I think there could be up potential here potentially uh, you know Smith has more experience she's been in a lot of fights but that could also be a bad thing, too, because she's taking a lot of damage. She's been in a lot of wars. You know, my picks Lee Smith, though, I, I do think her striking is going to be the difference here. I believe offensively she's more talented, gifted striker, more volume as well. And, again, more experience. Uh, but I think the line's a little high. So, you know, I wouldn't pick – I wouldn't bet on Bell either. But I'm just saying, like, you know, don't go crazy on Smith here because she could lose. Next up, Keith Lee against Venetia Zani in a catchweight 140 pounds fight. Interesting fight here. Um, Keith Lee right now is favored at minus 240. Zinni plus 200. Keith Lee, obviously the brother of Kevin Lee, and guy's a solid prospect. I wouldn't say as good as Kevin. You know, he's only got a 6-3 record, but he is coming off three straight wins, so it seems like he's turned things around. And he did pick up a win over Sean Bunch in his Bellator debut. So, you know, Keith, obviously, he's got the pedigree with, with the last name and everything like that, but I'd like to see a little bit more from him. I mean, to be fair, his losses were pretty close decisions. So, you know, it's not like he was getting blown out in those fights. He's only 23, too. So I, I do think he can, you know, get get that record a little better. But right now, I definitely, he does have some holes in his game for sure. Uh, but Vizini, I think, has a lot of holes, too. You know, 11 and 6 record for this guy. He's 32 years old. He's 9 years older, which I don't love. He is coming off two straight losses to Josh Hill and Ricky Simone. But those are really good fighters. So, you know, this is a guy with a decent amount of experience against high-level competition. He also fought T uh, Thomas Almeida, who... Well, at one point, was an amazing fighter. And Producio Pitbull as well. So this guy has a lot of experience, actually. Um, I'm going to pick Keith Lee. I, I think the pedigree's there. I think this guy could be a prospect for Bellator. Could be a potential contender at 135 or 145. But, you know, Zini does have a decent amount of experience. I don't think he'll win this fight, though. I think Keith Lee probably gets the fight to the ground and wins this fight by submission. That's kind of how I'm looking at it. But uh, I don't think Zini's been stopped before by submission. Could be the first submission loss of his career. Maybe grounded pound as well. Next up, Terrell Fortune against Jack May at heavyweights. Two big boys here. Right now we got Terrell Fortune, a massive favorite, minus 600. Jack May, plus 450. I definitely could see why Fortune's favored. I mean, the guy, you know, incredible wrestler. And before the last fight with Tim Johnson, he got knocked out enough. It was a big upset. Before that, he had run through everyone in Bellator, just took them down, beat them up. But you look at level competition, really, he didn't really beat anyone good except for maybe, I guess, Rudy Shafroth's okay prospect. And, 
and uh, as you knew as, as and Juan you was in the UFC for a cup of tea at, at one point. So I guess he's okay as well. But they're not great wins. They're okay. I don't think minus six hundred is, is, is the right line here. I, to me, that's too high. Uh, you know, Jack May. Okay, the problem with Jack May, he's thirty nine years old, so he's he's a lot older, nine years older. Um, he's also lost a lot. Um, you you look at his last four fights, two of them by submission. So he's definitely got issues on the ground. But he does have quite a bit of experience, and he was in the UFC for a little bit as well. Um, he's got some decent wins, not great by any means, but decent over guys like Josh Copeland, Tony Lopez. I mean, they're okay wins. Uh, he's definitely a limited fighter. We saw him in the UFC. When he gets taken down, he gets beat up pretty bad. That's kind of how the odds makers are looking at it, obviously, and everyone else's because they're parlaying fortune. I think he does get the fight to the ground and probably finishes Jack May by submission or, or ground and pound TKO. But are you kidding me? I wouldn't lay my 600 on this guy. Coming off that loss to Tim Johnson, no way. I just wouldn't go crazy on Jack May. I can't blame anyone if they want to throw a few bucks on Jack May here because he could get a knockout. I don't think I would, but I can see why someone would maybe take a punt on him. I'm going to pick Fortune, though. I think he wins the fight by, by stoppage. I just don't like the line. Uh, next up at 205, we have Rafael Carvalho, the former middleweight champion in Bellator, taking on Alex Polizzi. And right now we have Carvalho is favorite at minus 140, Polizzi plus 120. Uh, Carvalho, obviously, a lot of experience in Bellator. He's 34 years old now, so he's getting a little out there in age. Um, he's been in some some wars. He's kind of struggled a little bit lately. He's lost three of his last four, but you look a little closer. Lost to Vadim Nemkov. Lost to Leon Machida, lost to Gagarin Musasi. I mean, those guys are really good fighters. Before that, he had been undefeated in Bellator. He had some nice wins. Joe Schilling, Melvin Manhoof, uh, Brandon Halsey won the title from him. Lesio Sakara. So, wasn't beating, like, the best guys. Obviously, he's been losing to the best guys, but he's in those fights. I mean, the Machida fight was very close. Lost a split decision there. I think he's a decent fighter. You know, Polizzi here, he's defeated at 6-0. He's only 28, so he's a little bit younger, but, you know, he hasn't fought anyone great. Uh, Daniel Jolly was in the UFC. He's got a win over him. He's not a great fighter. Jamal Pogues is, I guess, an okay prospect. But, you know, to me, this guy could win this fight. Look at his record, 6-0 with all six stoppages. He is uh, LFA champ, I believe, a light heavyweight champion. If anything, a little surprising the UFC didn't sign this guy because they usually they do bring in the LFA champs. But, you know, he's got upset potential. Possibly. I still got to go with Carvalho for my pick, though. Based on the experience of Bellator, based on the level of competition, I'm going to take Carvalho. Probably win the decision here, if I had to guess. But, you know, Polizzi definitely could uh, pull it off, too. So it's kind of a stay away from fight, just because you look at Polizzi's, he could be a really good prospect. We'll see what happens. He hasn't fought anyone as good as Carvalho yet. Next up, this fight should be a lot of fun. Raymond Daniels against Peter Stanonic. Right now, Raymond Daniels, minus 350, Stanonic, plus 290. I believe the odds open a lot closer, like closer to a pick em, And now Raymond Daniels is a massive favorite here. And I, I definitely favor Daniels. I think the line's getting a little out of hand now. But it, I, I believe it opened as a pick em, which obviously was a mistake. Uh, Daniels should have been favored from the beginning. He is 40 years old. And we know he's been around a long time in kickboxing. He's had a lot of fights, been knocked out a lot too. But, you know, since making the move to MMA last year, um, he did have one MMA fight, by the way, back in 2008 in Strike Force, But that was a long time ago. Since getting back into the sport in 2019, he's 2-0, and he beat both the guys in Bellator by knockout. Now, having said that, the level of competition was pretty poor. Two guys that no one's even really ever heard of in uh, Wilker Barrows and Jason King. Who are those guys? So I get that, but this is a guy, obviously, who is a really high-level kickboxer, has been for years, and we know his spinning techniques and his kicks are incredible. So he's a lot of fun to watch. This is actually a really good fight, I think. Uh, Stanonic. 
Five and four record, which I don't love. I mean, he's lost four times, which bothers me, but he's also a glory kickboxer. So he's a guy that's had experience in glory coming off two straight kickboxing wins. Um, he has fought some name fighters, I guess. Not no one crazy good, but he's fought a couple guys I recognize, you know, looking at his topology. Uh, I don't love the record, though, five and four. That shows me there's holes in this game. It's, it's possible Raymond Daniels has a better ground game. I don't expect the fight to go to the ground, but if it does, I would probably favor Raymond Daniels. He's been around a long time. Uh, he obviously trains jiu-jitsu, so I'm pretty sure he would have the advantage on the ground. Um, I think some people believe Stanonic could get a knockout here, and I can see why, because obviously uh, Raymond Daniels, 40 years old. I mean, that that that's pretty old, and he's had a lot of fights. He's been knocked out quite a few times. So I think Stanonic could catch him, but more likely than not, I think Daniels catches Stanonic, probably puts him out. So my pick's going to be Raymond Daniels. I wish it was still to pick him. I would have bet him on that. I don't love him at minus 350 just because of the age, but I do think he wins this fight. Next up, we have a middleweight belt between Ed Ruth and Taylor Johnson. Right now, Ed Ruth, minus 310, Johnson, plus 255. So Ed Ruth, obviously a really good, uh, just welterweight, but he's moving up to middleweight for this fight, which is kind of interesting. Maybe because of the short notice, not sure if he's going to make that move permanently, but Ed Ruth is a guy that I'm pretty high on. I mean, all his fights have been in Bellator in his career since 2016. He's racked up an 82 record. In the uh, tournament, uh, he did lose to Neiman Gracie, but you know Neiman Gracie is a pretty good fighter. Since then, he picked up nice wins over uh, Kichi Kunimoto, former UFC veteran, and Jason Jackson, who I'm very high on. That's a good win. Uh, split decision, close fight, but he won the fight. So to me, that's a solid win. He did lose to Amosov in his last fight, but Amosov is incredible. Amosov, I believe, is 23-0 now. He's a guy who could fight for the belt soon. So to me, no shame in that loss. I think the guy's good, good wrestling, improving striking. I'm pretty high on Ed Ruth. Taylor Johnson, 29 years old. He's a uh, uh, LFA veteran and a contender series veteran. He actually hasn't fought since last year when he lost to Andre Muniz, who just picked up a really nice win last week. Hard to take away a lot from that loss, but he hasn't fought in a year, hasn't fought since then, which kind of bothers me. I don't know how good he's gotten in the time since then. Um, he does have some nice finishes on his record, 5-0, and but no one really, I guess, notable either. So I don't know. I, I like Ed Ruth here. I mean, Moving up to middleweight is interesting. Johnson could be a little bigger. We'll see. But overall, I mean, Ed Ruth, just that wrestling and, and that cardio and that pace, I think he'll win this fight. I'm guessing it's going to be a decision. I think he's just going to kind of wrestle this guy, but maybe he gets a stoppage too. Next up, Kat Zingano against Gabriel Hallway at 145. Zingano finally making her Bellator debut. And right now, the odds, <laughs> minus 900 Kat Zingano, plus 600 Gabriel Hallway. It opened at minus 170, Katz and Gano. Gabriel Holloway opened at plus 140. So this line has been steamed like crazy in minus 900. I think people just believe it's a, it's a gimme fight for Katz and Gano. I'm honestly not so sure, guys. First off, she hasn't fought since 2018 where she lost the uh, first round. It was like a head kick that cut her eyelid open by Megan Anderson. It was kind of a weird loss, but she's lost four of her last five fights, and she's not that active. She hasn't fought in almost two years. She's also 38 years old. Um, she's also been through a lot in her personal life. This is also her Bellator debut after a long layoff. I don't know what to expect from Katz and Gano. I can't believe people are just parlaying her like this. Like, and, and she's at minus 900 now. To me, that's insane. I understand that she's got the background. She has the pedigree. She has the wins. Those wins over Misha Tate, Manon Nunez, and Raquel Pennington even, those are incredible wins. The man in Nunez fight, I mean, wow. I mean, she was getting beat up, came back and won that fight. That was on the McGregor-Poirier card back in 2014. That was impressive. The Misha Tate fight was impressive, too. The, the, the knee knockout there in the third round. Misha Tate's very tough. 
But, you know, since those fights, she's really struggled, guys. Four of her last fights have resulted in loss. To be fair, she's fought good competition. Ronda, Pena, Vieira, Anderson. And she did beat Marion Renault in that stretch. But, again, she's definitely on the decline. Hasn't fought in two years. So it bothers me. There's a lot of things that bother me about her going in this fight. And we all know she's dealt with a lot of personal issues. She's been very vocal about that stuff. She's been very open about that stuff. Her, her husband committing suicide, how that affected her, her career. You know, since then, she's really struggled. You know, it's very understandable. On paper, Katz and Gallagher all the skills. Her ground game is incredible. Her striking is incredible. But, again, hasn't fought in forever. She's 38 years old. At some time, the age is going to catch up with her. I mean, it could be now. Here's the thing. People just think Holloway's a can, basically. That's what people are looking at her as. Um, six and five record. She's 30 years old. So she's, she's a lot younger. I mean, that definitely helps her, I think. And here's the thing. She hasn't fought in three years. She hasn't fought in even longer than Katzingano. That's the thing that also bothers me here about her. And her last one against Alexis Dufresne, who was in the UFC, who was not a good fighter. She did beat her by ground pound, but I mean, is that a good win? I don't, I don't know. This girl does have a decent amount of experience. Um, I think she's actually a credible opponent. I mean, she's fought some good competition in Bellator, like Julia Budd and Blen Cow, who's a pretty good fighter, and she doesn't really have any good wins, but she does have like a, an okay amount of experience. She's someone I don't think she's a full time fighter. Obviously, I, I'm sure she has a full time job and just does this occasionally because she hasn't fought in forever. And you look at her career; it's just been kind of sporadic. But you know, plus six hundred, I'm not saying go crazy. It's worth a sprinkle, I think. I really do because I Zangano hasn't fought in forever, and I know this girl hasn't either. I don't know what to make of Katzengano at this point in her career. I really don't. So I'm picking Katzengano. She probably finishes Holloway. She probably gets through the ground and, and, and submits her or something like that. I mean, Holloway's never been stopped. I think Zangano could be someone who stops her. But I wouldn't bet on her minus 100. No chance. I would not parlay Katzengano with her, guys. Be careful. If anything, it's Dogger Pass. Maybe take a shot on Holloway at plus 600, like a small punt. Don't go crazy, but we've seen upsets of women's MMA quite a few times. This could be another one, potentially. So... My pick is in Gano, but there's no way that on her. Finally, main event of the evening, the owner Pita against Phil Davis to the rematch. And right now we have Phil Davis minus 345. The owner plus 285. They fought before in the UFC. They fought at UFC 163. I'm very familiar with this fight. I had a big parlay that night. Back when I used to do these like five or 16 parlays, which are very hard to do now. But back in the day, they were they were a little bit easier to do. But Phil Davis was the last, uh, last guy needed. And I thought he won the fight, but Phil Davis won a decision. A lot of people thought it was kind of a questionable decision. It was one of those fights where back in the day, they, the judges would give a guy a round if he got a takedown with like 30 seconds left after getting outstruck. And that was exactly what happened in this fight. So I remember the fight, but, you know, seven years later, what's changed? Obviously, Machida's a lot older now, 42. So it's even more unlikely he wins again against Phil Davis. And Phil Davis, he's 35. He's not a spring chicken by any means, but that's a significant age gap, 42 to, to 35. Um, Phil Davis, obviously a big favorite here. He's had a little bit more success in Bellator, I think, than Machida so far. Obviously, he was the champion at one point. He is coming off two straight wins over Liam McGeary and Carl Albertson by stoppage. He also knocked out Linton Vassell. You know, this is a guy who throughout his career has been mostly kind of a, a boring fighter that just kind of wrestles guys. Since going to Bellator, and he lost a few times, since then he's kind of turned to a finisher. I mean, you look at his record. And he's actually finished quite a few of his opponents in Bellator. So, you know, you got to give it to Phil Davis. He's, he's pretty underrated, I think. You know, people talk about the best by heavyweights. I'm not saying he's top five or even top ten. I'd say Phil Davis is a top 15 guy still. You know, he's just not in the UFC, so pe people don't talk about him. But to me, he's he's below Ryan Bader, but not that far below him. 
and he's a little bit obviously they're both below Vadim Namkov, who's definitely he'd be a top ten guy for sure in the UFC. He's awesome. But as far as Phil Davis goes, I mean, the guy obviously has great wrestling, good cardio, improving striking, improving submissions, I guess. Or he's always had a good submission game. That's always been kind of his, his thing. But uh, he has holes in his game. I mean, we, we've seen him lose close fights, and he can lose, and he can get outstruck in the feet as well. Machida, we all know he's an amazing striker. It's funny. People were asking about the question this week, like, is Machida Hall of Famer? To me, it's a no-brainer. I mean, I, I would put him in the UFC Hall of Fame. He was a champion. Uh, he was at one point one of like the most scary guys in the in the world. People were like, "Whoa, Michida!" Like you didn't want to fight him. He's like the boogeyman. He was like Khabib at one point. Like he was looked at as unbeatable. So, uh, anyways, I, I like Machida. He's he's definitely good, but he's also again forty two years old. He's coming off a loss to Gabriel Musasi. It was a competitive fight. He lost a split decision there, but before that, had won four straight fights and he actually looked pretty good. Uh, Vitor Belfort knocked him out. He looked good beating Eric Anders too. So he has like some decent wins lately. Again, you know, I think the odds are a little bit too long here on Phil Davis. 345, he probably does win this fight, probably takes down Machida and grinds him out, but I think the odds are too long. I mean, it's clear that some people are just parlaying like a bunch of these fighters like Fortune, Zagano, and, and Davis, and usually Bellator favorites do win. So I get that. I personally would kind of shy away from that, that kind of uh, betting pattern. I think that's kind of reckless here. I look at some other spots, to be honest with you. Um I don't know, like, I, I'm going to pick Davis, guys. I think he probably grinds it out. But at plus 285, I mean, Machida could win this fight. He, if he keeps this fight standing, he has good takedown defense throughout his career. If he keeps it standing, he probably could beat Phil Davis. But like the first fight, Davis could sneak those takedowns in. He probably grinds it out. So I'll take Davis' close decision. But, again, those odds are – they want you – it's, like, very tempting to bet on Machida at, those, at that price, I'd say. Anyways, overall, I think it's, you know, a good card. I, I really do. So – I. I'm looking forward to all these fights. I mean, most of the odds now are crazy, but, uh, you know, there's a few like that I like, like Keith Lee. I think he's pretty good. He should win his fight. Um, you know, look at some other ones like Ed Ruth, I think should win his fight as well. So maybe those guys potentially, uh, that actually you parlay those two guys, Keith Lee and Ed Ruth, that's almost near even money. I think that's a decent bet. So that's kind of how I look for that. All right, let's go to Bellator 246. Um, there's only two fights with odds though. So I'll just do those two fights. Just because we don't, I don't have the other odds, um, but I'll quickly go through those other fights on the card. So Bellator 246 on Saturday. Just really quickly listing other fights. Again, I don't have odds from them, so it's kind of hard for me to break them down without the odds. But some other notable fights on the card include Daniel Madrid against Pat Casey, Davon Franklin against Race Hilton, Ty Gorder against George Kokos, Derek Campos against Keone Diggs. That will probably have odds for it. And Liz Carmouche versus Deanna Bennett. I think you'll get odds for those two fights. Uh, most likely, you know, I, I'd probably see Carmouche being a big favorite there, if I had to guess. And Diggs might be favored just because Campos is usually a dog. But I think Campos is a guy, potentially, is, if he is a dog to look at in that fight. But again, I don't, I don't have odds, so it's hard for me to break it down. Uh, going to the two fights we do have odds for. Co-main event, John Fitch against Neiman Gracie. Neiman Gracie right now, he is favored, minus 175. John Fitch, plus 135. Definitely an interesting fight. I mean, Neiman Gracie, obviously the pedigree, the, the Gracie last name. 31 years old, too. He's not that old. He's uh, definitely a good fighter. He, he did lose to Roy McDonald, but it was a somewhat competitive fight. Before that, had been unbeaten in Bellator and WSOF. Uh, he didn't beat great fighters, but except for, I think, Ed Roots, a really good fighter. So that's a great win. But other than that, most of the guys he beat were kind of like low-level guys. But he's definitely, obviously, 
it, it's it's Neiman Gracie. It's a Gracie, right? Like he's the lineage. He's part of the lineage, man. He's part of the new era of the Gracies. I'm very high on Neiman Gracie. I, I think he's just an overall good fighter. Takes on John Fitcher. John Fitch, 42 years old now. He's been around forever. He is coming off a draw against Warren McDonald. A lot of people thought he won that fight. I believe I scored that fight for, for uh, John Fitch as well. So in my opinion, he probably is on a six-fight win streak right now, including wins over Jake Shields, Yushin Okami, Paul Daly, Brian Foster. So, you know, this is a guy who's fought everyone. He's been around forever. Obviously, he's a grinder. We know what he wants to do. He's going to take down his opponent and beat him up and grind him out. That's what he wants to do. Does he want to do it against Gracie, who has that amazing submission game? I don't know. I mean, it's interesting, right? Because John Fitch has been finished by a submission before. Paul Harris tapped him out. Josh Berkman finished him by submission. So it's kind of scary to think about. I think you could get tapped out if the fight goes to the ground, and that's exactly where, where I feel it goes. So I'm going to pick Gracie. I, I think he probably gets gets the win here, um, it, either a decision or maybe a submission. But John Fitch, again, potentially, if he just grinds it out, he could, could edge out a decision. Finally, main event of the evening, Juan Archuleta against Patchy Mix for the 135-pound title, the vacant belt. And right now we have Mix, minus 180, Archuleta, plus 140. This is a great fight, you know, arguably one of the best fights this weekend. Patchy Mix, 13-0, undefeated prospect, 27 years old. He's looked awesome in Bellator. He's also coming off a win in Ryzen, which was nice to see. But, uh, yeah, this guy's fantastic. He's got really good wins, too, over Andre Ewell, Tony Gravely, Ricky Bandeas. Those are nice wins. He's a guy the UFC missed out on, I think. Uh, look at his record. A lot of finishes by submission. He's a dangerous guy. Juan Archuleta, 24-2. Another guy that could be in the UFC. He's a really good fighter. Trains with TJ Dillashaw. He's awesome. Coming off a win over Corrales. Bounced back from that loss to Pitbull. That snapped a long win streak. Juan Archuleta is seriously a good fighter, man. And moving down to 135, it could be a good move for him. Uh, he has fought there, obviously, in the past, but Going for the belt there is interesting. I like Mix a lot, but I mean, Archuleta, again, super experienced guy. He's a very dangerous guy. I'm very high in Mix, though. I got to go with Mix. I think he'll get the job done, but man, Archuleta is solid. So great fight. This is one of the best fights this weekend. Should be a good one. All right, let's get, get through a few other things and I'll get out of here. Uh, Nick Diaz announced his return to UFC. The odds are out now. You can bet on who he can fight again. There's like Robbie Lawler, Mike Perry, Darren Till. Uh, a couple other guys, Carlos Condit, uh, Anderson Silva's on the list. Uh, there's a few other guys. You guys can take a look at it. The odds are all out there now. BJPen.com, I have the odds. My guess is Lawler. That's the fight I think is going to make sense the most for both guys at this point. Lawler coming off four straight losses. Diaz having fought, not fought in five years, six years next year. So I think that fight makes a lot of sense. Rematch. I'd love to see that fight personally. Condit's also a good fight, I believe. One of those two guys, I think, are going to be the fights. I don't think it'll be McGregor. I don't think it'll be Masvidal. I think it'll be someone who's a veteran. That's who I would pick. I'd be curious to see what you guys say. Uh, John Dodson announced he's moving back down to flyweight. I think that makes sense for him. He's kind of been inconsistent lately at Bantamweight. So going back down to flyweight later in his career, one more title run. And you know what? That division is pretty shallow. He gets a win over a guy like Brandon Moreno in his debut. He could get a title shot after that. I found this kind of interesting. Nate Quarry was talking on his Twitter and he said that uh, he's still under contract with the UFC like 10 years after his last fight. They were talking about uh, Nick Diaz's contract and how it's still part of the UFC's, uh, like at their dispense, I guess, six years after his last fight. And Nate Quarry said, ten, I fought 10 years ago and I retired. And they said, you're still under contract now. So, you know, Nate Quarry's obviously a very outspoken guy about fighter rights. 
interesting comment though for sure i thought that was kind of uh, intriguing that you said that but you know no uh, we know those t contracts are very ironclad so i guess no surprise there and ricardo lamas retired from mma made it official this week great career uh not a hall of famer by any means hall of hall of good you know there's hall of good hall of very good hall of fame he's in the hall of good i think but definitely a solid career man he had some good wins charles Oliveira, man resubmitted him and he had that fight with max holloway he, he won a bonus for his last fight for fighting against Bill Algio. What a way to go out, right? Going out of the win. Not only that, but that's his only fight of the night award in the UFC, which is crazy because he's been in a lot of wars. That was the only one he ever won fight of the night for. I thought the Diego Sanchez fight was also a great fight too. So he's a good fighter, you know, and I, I did interview him with James back in 2015, I think. Great guy. And we loved interviewing him. This is when he was kind of on his title run too. So he's an awesome dude. And, uh, you know, hopefully has a great uh, retirement and, he could be a guy that does return again one day. A lot of these guys get hungry after a year or two off, but he did get knocked out brutally by Calvin Cater. And I think he said that that kind of like changed the way he looked at the sport after that brutal knockout. And you can see why, but man, what a way to end your career with a win, right? Like that's the best way to go. Chris Lytle, Ricardo Lamas, GSP going out in the win. That's, that's the idea, um, you know, but <laughs> you keep trying to win to be like Anderson Silva. He hasn't won forever. He wants to get that last win. Couple of fight announcements. All right, so here's a couple I want to get to. First off, in the women's uh, flyweight division, Rachel Ostevich returns after USADA suspension and she fights Gina Mazzini. And I was talking to Cole about this. I was like, uh, man, I mean, this fight, this is a kind of a low level fight here. And the odds actually dropped. Gina Mazzini's a favorite. How is Gina Mazzini a favorite over anyone? That just blew my mind. So maybe take a look at Ostevich as a dog there. Probably can finish Mazzini. Uh, Jeff Hughes at worst Juan Espino at heavyweights. Juan Espino, a former tough winner. I'm very excited to see him return to the UFC. It's going to be nice to see him back in the octagon, taking on Jeff Hughes here. I expect Espino to be favored in that fight. Next up, Carlos Sparge against Amanda Rebus. Interesting fight. I mean, we've heard that uh, Rebus did want to fight Sparge and Sparge was open to it. So I'm totally cool with this matchup. I do think it's a pretty good fight. I had a question for Kevin Scott, an email question. I'm going to read it from you, Kevin. I read that Rebus Esparza is in the works for December. Any prediction on the line? Esparza are always disrespected by the odds makers, and Rebus coming off a great win over Page. I'm thinking maybe Rebus minus 450. That's not how I'd said it personally. I think Rebus around minus 225 is, is more fair, but cashing easily at minus 1200 in her last fight against Page won't quiet the Rebus hype. He, just, he thinks that the line is going to be a little bit too high based on what how competitive it could be. And I'm, I'm completely with you, by the way, uh, Kevin. We all pick against Carla every fight. I've been doing it the last couple of fights, and it hasn't gone out, worked out too well. I mean, she's been winning these fights, close fights, but she's grinding them out. Rebus, though, is like on the next level, right? Um, I thought Paige had a chance potentially in the last fight after seeing the way Rebus ran through her. And I'm not saying Paige is better than Carla, but just the way she did it was so impressive. So, you know, I, I think Carla could be competitive, but I, I expect Rebus to win. I think Rebus will even have the advantage on the ground, which is kind of rare in a Sparza fight. Usually she has the wrestling advantage. I'm not sure if she will in this fight, which is going to be a problem for her because on the feet, it's going to, she's going to be in trouble. The other thing I want to get to here is Gerald Mearshar versus Kamzak Kimaev. I'm going to get through this quick, but I know Marcus had a question last night about it. I wasn't able to get it uh, get to it in yesterday's podcast. So I want to talk about this now. It's even better now, actually, that we talk about it because um, Dana talked about Kamzak last night and he explained why they haven't booked for two fights. Basically, he's just like he's like Camza wants to fight often, and I was cool with it. And I think it's fun, it's interesting. That's what Dana was saying. He's like, it's cool, it's fun. Like that's his rationale. I thought it was hilarious. So this guy's booked two fights right now. He's gonna fight Gerald Mirshar next weekend, 
in Vegas on the 19th of September. And then he's fighting Damian Maya. I think they said he's fighting him in Vegas too in November. So that's going to be the, I believe the plan. Um, I thought the plan was to do it on Fight Island for a second fight against Maya, but it looks like it's going to be in Vegas too. It's, it's pretty nuts. I thought the rationale was hilarious. I, I was laughing when Damian was saying it. Like he was just trolling the media so hard there. They love this guy. They think he's going to be the next big thing. The line is actually out for Amir Shark versus Kamzat, and it's crazy, as you expect. Uh, Kamzat minus 600, minus 610, Gerald Amir Shark plus 425. I think Gerald can win this fight, though. I mean, he's a really – he was supposed to fight a light heavyweight in his last fight against Ed Herman, so he's a huge guy. I think he has fought light heavyweight, and he's did okay. Kamzat is a guy who's fighting a welterweight and middleweight. It's kind of weird, right? He's fighting in two divisions at once. Dana, Dana thinks that he could make a run up both ladders at the same time. Imagine that one guy doing like winning fights like back to back like this in two divisions. It's, it's nuts. If he can go in there and dominate Joe Mearshart, I mean, this guy, if he dominates Joe Mearshart, like you're going to, you have to talk about him as a title challenger like soon. If he beats Mearshart and then beats Maya, he gets a, he might get a title shot after that. I mean, a lot guys have got title shots after beating Maya. Why wouldn't Kamza if he does that? Anyways, the UFC loves this guy. I love him too. I think he's great. I just think Mearshart with the size and the submissions, he's really good in the ground. Potentially, you know, Gerald Mearshart, this could be another situation. We've seen a lot of prospects lose in the UFC history. Like over the years, tons of prospects have gone in there and they've been expected to win. Save Northcutt. I'm not saying Kamza is these guys. Kamza, Kamza looks like Khabib to me. He looks like Khabib 2.0. I think a lot of us don't think that too. So Kamza's awesome. And that wrestling, that ground and pound, the submissions, the cardio, the pace. There's so much to like about this guy. And he's so young, too. He's like 25, right? I'm just saying, like, Gerald Mearshart's a massive step up over John Phillips and Reese McKee. John Phillips, he's just basically a slugger. He has no ground game. And Reese McKee never fought in the UFC. I mean, he's not an experienced guy. Dana White was saying, you know, these were two real opponents. These were two really tough fights. I don't really agree with that. Mearshart's a way tougher fight. Robert, I see your question. I'm going to get to all of them in one sec, man. But I like your comment here. He said, Mearshart would be a good test for Kamza. I agree. It's going to be a good test. But, you know, Kamza should win the fight, guys. I, I get that. I'm going to obviously pick Kamza like everyone else is. But I think Mearshart plus 425. I mean, that's another punt you could take. I, I said that a lot about a lot of fights, but some of these lines are really getting out of hand. It's MMA. You see upsets, and there's been a lot of them recently. All right, I'm going to get to your questions now, Robert. Thank you so much for waiting. Next for Leon Edwards, I think it's got to be Stephen Thompson, right? Because you look at the rankings, and he's the only guy available. Thompson's out there now calling on Nick Diaz. He wants to fight Nick. I guess they might do that fight, potentially. I doubt it, though. I think Nick will fight Robbie Lawler or Carlos Condit. Those are my two picks. Lean towards Lawler. But for Edwards, I'd say, yeah, I think Stephen Thompson. That'd be a great win. He's got to stay busy. He hasn't fought in over a year. So I know he wants a title shot and everything. Maybe he wants to wait for the winner at Usman Burns. Maybe that's his plan, which I think is kind of nuts because he won't be able to probably get that shot until like next summer. He should fight once again. And looking back now, I mean, I love Leon Edwards. He's got an eight-fight win streak. He already has a loss to Usman first off. And second off, his last win was against RDA, who's down lightweight now. So looking back, it's not like an amazing win. They should get your title shot. He needs one more win. He beats Thompson, especially if he finishes him. That's potentially title shot worthy. Next for Sean Brady. Sean is a really good prospect. I think maybe a top 15 guy. I mean, it's hard to say. I don't think these guys are going to fight him. They won't be eager to. Like, Waller's ranked 15. He won't fight him. Pettis, no. Like, so he's probably going to fight a guy who's not ranked. Um, you know, just looking maybe at some fights coming up. 
even on this card, uh, is there any welterweight fights? There's mostly lightweight fights on this card. Uh, probably someone who's fought recently. Um, you know, maybe even the winner next next week, uh, Donald Cerrone against uh, Nico Price. Potentially, maybe that guy, like Nico Price, he could fight. He wins. Someone like that. I think someone in that area, even like the winner of Baeza Gall. That's kind of how I'm looking for Sean Brady. But I, I think he's good, man. I just don't think these top 15 guys are going to be eager to fight this dude because he's hungry, young, and he's good. Who will Peter? When will Peter again fight Aljo? I think Dana White said they're working on that. That's what he said last night. He talked, touched on a bunch of things. It was a pretty good scrum. He said uh, they're working on Ultimate Fighter. They're going to start filming it soon. I think in November they're going to start filming Ultimate Fighter. But right now they're doing the Fight Island thing, and then obviously Ultimate Fighter uh, Contender Series when they get back to Vegas. He said they're working on a bunch of stuff. He, I think he said one of the matchmakers was sick, and they they had to delay their matchmaking meetings. But uh, I think that fight will be booked soon. Um, you know, looking ahead, some of these cards. That UFC 255 card, that's the Garbrandt card against Vega Rado and Chevchenko against Rivas. Maybe you get another title fight on that card. Maybe you have three title fights on that card. Also, the pay-per-view in, in uh, December, Usman versus Burns and Anderson versus Nunez, you probably have a third title fight on that card. They like to stack that year-end card. So maybe you'll see that fight then. i like to see it sooner. Um, I think also think that'd be a great fight for Fight Island, Yen versus Aljo, but we'll see. Anyways, I think that's it. And uh, you see a quick look, but I'm pretty sure I got everything I want to talk about, guys. Obviously, I <laughs> talked a lot here. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, that's pretty much it. All right. Oh, okay, I'll take your last question, Robert. And then I'll get out of here. Top welterweight prospects. Sean Brady, Miguel Baeza, Kamzat Chemaev, Rodriguez. Which Rodriguez is that? Chaos Williams, he's good, too. How do you think they stack up? Can you just tell me which Rodriguez you're talking about? For some reason, my, my brain can't think of him right now. Uh, or, yeah, uh, Brady's great. They're all good, man. But obviously, Kamzat is the top guy for sure. I like KS Williams. I mean, I haven't seen him fight in a while, right? Like, I want to see how he's back. He said Daniel Rodriguez. Sorry, man. Daniel Rodriguez is like in his 30, I think he's 34. So, like, that's kind of why I wasn't thinking of him as a prospect. But uh, he's good too. How would I rank them? Kamzat, number one. Sean Brady, number two. I, yeah, I mean, the next couple of guys, kind of hard to say, probably Baeza, Williams, and then Rodriguez. Like, I, I feel bad ranking him last, but he's a little bit older than these other guys, I believe. Kanye versus Whitaker winner. Uh, yeah, they probably get a title shot, right? Jeff Jarrett Kanye beats Whitaker. He's getting a title shot. He deserves it. All right, that's it for today's show, guys. I really appreciate you sticking around today and uh, listening to me talk about Bellator and the other stuff. You guys can follow me on Twitter at MMAdamMartin. Podcast is available at MAOddsBreaker.com. Go to our YouTube channel and subscribe please and uh, like it and all that stuff also i'm on itunes google podcasts spotify a bunch of other places so definitely check me out there also available at bjpen.com ma rings on net just posted an article on ma rings on net i listed five potential opponents for nick diaz would definitely appreciate you guys could check that article out uh what else okay so next week i'm actually yeah usually i don't do the podcast wednesday but I'm, it's my birthday this weekend i'm going away with my girlfriend uh, to a place for a couple of days. So it's going to be nice to get away. So I'm just taking a couple of days off, which I think uh, I could definitely use. And I'm sure we all could. I will watch the card this weekend for sure. I'll be back on Tuesday, 10 a.m. with Cole. We'll be breaking down next weekend's card of Covington Woodley. And then next Thursday, 10 a.m., uh, I'll just be doing the regular show talking about the news. But I do have a guest that day. It'll be Chris Rinney, who is an artist who works for Bloody Elbow. And he does artwork and he's incredible. And I love his art. And it's amazing. So I'm really excited to talk about him. He's actually releasing a book, I think, next week. So 
he uh we were talking and i wanted to get him on to talk about his new book and uh talk about his art and he's got some other things to say about uh let's say just people working for free in this business for people that have money we'll talk about that a little bit as well so it'll be interesting so definitely check it out on, on uh, thursday next week but yeah i have a couple of days off here guys so it'll be nice to get some r and uh been doing the grind for a while now so nice to get a little break I hope you guys have an incredible rest of the week. Hope, uh, hope you have an awesome weekend. And I'll be back next Tuesday, 10 a.m. with Cole Sheldon to break down UFC fight night. Have a great weekend, everyone. Enjoy the fights. Bye.